When it comes to action movies and TV show these days, we're just as likely to see a woman in a lead role as a man, whether we're talking about superheroes, super spies, or really super anything else. And that is definitely the case with the latest MCU movie in theaters now, The Marvels. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, The Marvels landed in theaters last week and we'll be unpacking it in today's show. But we also thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about how women are being depicted in big-budget action movies and TV shows these days, both in ways that are empowering and, and maybe in some ways that that aren't. So Emily Chow, Kristen Smith, Jonathan McKee, and I will unpack that topic in our main segment today. After that, we'll deal with the trolls. And no, I'm not talking about the people who don't like Brie Larson, and there are lots of those. Now, I'm actually talking about literal trolls, as in the movie franchise. And Bob Hoos will join us for our second segment to tell us everything we need to know about the latest film in that series, Trolls Band Together. Well, before we dive into our first conversation today, we'd invite you to subscribe to The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review too. It helps others to know what they can expect when we get together to talk with you each week. Well, as mentioned, joining me for our first segment today are Emily Chow, Kristen Smith, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hey. I thought uh, the natural question today is, who is your, uh, your favorite female action hero and why? Who wants to go first today? I will. Okay. Um, it's either Katniss Everdeen. Okay. Because I always imagined when I read the books that I would like forage like her. Now I'm useless at that, but forage and, you know, hunt things and whatnot, protect people. Foraging does sound fun. Right. Um, and then Galadriel because she is a boss. Okay. So Which Galadriel are we talking about well, here? The Lord of the Rings one or the new one? Or well, they're both? all Lord of the Rings, but yes, <laughs> um, the Amazon series. Now, to be clear, I have read all the books. And I have watched all the movies. So, no, I am not uneducated. But, yes, I am talking about the okay. most recent. A little bit defensive. I, I wasn't <laughs> Just gonna... in case someone's like, oh, this girl's <laughs> no. only seen I'm the so Amazon series. I'm so glad she clarified that. For Thank sure. No, it it, it definitely it. adds credibility to your answer if you've Thank actually you. read the series. Thank you, ma'am. So, yes. I like your answers. Yeah. Emily, what about you? Um... So when you first said superhero, I just like went straight to the Avengers. Like that's just what popped into my head. So my answer is going to be, even though I I liked that Kristen's answer wasn't, (laughs) was not the Avengers. Um, But yeah, that's the first thing that popped in my head. So a few years ago, I probably would have said Black Widow because Uh she's a redhead like me. And Uh I just thought she was the coolest character ever when she appeared in Iron Man 2. But now I actually prefer her younger sister, Yelena. Um, ah, I think she's just... Yelena Blova. I, I really like her. I think that, first of all, I love Florence Pugh. She's uh-huh. a great actress. Okay. And um, I don't know. I just liked her character slightly better than Black Widow's character. Okay. So. She was kind of more interesting, I thought. I thought so, too. Yeah. yeah. She just was more intriguing um, as a character to me. So, yeah. Okay. Jonathan, what you got for us? Well, I just can't believe that everybody overlooked... Marge Gunderson from Fargo because I mean she's definitely yeah you betcha the best you know <laughs> female action hero period I mean especially it's like well what you looking at there oh just throwing up uh, yeah no she's uh, she's amazing I love her character <laughs> I love her strength uh, of course we love her accent and Frances McDormand rock so uh, yeah best best female action hero wow. ever Marge Gunderson I'll give it to you because I also love Frances McDormand she's amazing. Yeah, that was 
That was a super unexpected answer. I know, I agree. I, I thought you were doing it ironically, and then I'm like, well, no, I, I think he's actually all in on this. Well, <laughs> I will have to pick the most obvious answer of all, and with all due respect to all y'all's answers, this is the right answer. Is it Wonder Woman? It's going to be well, Star- no, Princess Leia. It's going to be it's Princess, Princess Leia. Leia. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is Princess Leia. Princess <laughs> Leia. Obviously. Okay, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's like, awesome. I'm sorry, but like, yeah, she literally takes the gun, shoots the hole in the trash chute, and is like, someone has to do something. It's right. like, yes, yes, thank you, Leia. Somebody does need to do something. That's right. <laughs> Will somebody get this walking carpet out of my way? <laughs> so part of the reason I like Princess Leia was that I think, and this is a good segue into our, our bigger conversation, she was um, fierce and empowered before fierce and empowered female heroes were really yes. a thing. I mean, no, I we agree. get Marion Ravenwood in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, but even mm. Marion is a little bit in the damsels in distress category. A little category. bit, yeah. yeah. And Princess Leia is at times too, but give her a blaster and she can take care of herself, right? I mean, Indeed. She, uh, she knows what the score is. Um, and so today we are going to talk about this subject. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, Once Upon a Time, I love saying Once Upon a Time, Action heroes were almost always males, and if female characters showed up, they were either damsels to be rescued or romantic interests. These days, however, we don't have to look very far to find a long list of female characters who are front and center in their respective movies and TV shows and franchises, and we've just touched on some of those. I really wasn't expecting Marge Gunderson to show up in this conversation, though, so <laughs> I, I will circle back to Jonathan's answer. Thank um, you very much. You know, we've got Ray, we've got Ahsoka Tano, we've got Galadriel, we've got Black Widow. Uh, we talked about Florence Pugh's character. Um, those are just a handful. And last week, the Marvels came out. So Emily and I have both seen the Marvels. Emily, what is going on in the Marvels? And I'll now let you talk for the next 20 minutes because it's a little bit of a complicated plot. It, I mean, it's complicated, but, but also, really. yeah, but also not really. <laughs> I mean, really what it is, is you have Captain Marvel finally meets her ultimate fangirl, Miss Marvel mm-hmm. from the TV series. And she also reconnects with her kind of surrogate daughter, Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. um, who has also become a superhero because she walked through uh, the Scarlet Witch's hex wall hex thing wall. Yep. Um, and gains superpowers. So basically, it's just the three of them getting together. And um, it all is tied into Captain Marvel's past because after her origin story movie, she went off to defeat the Supreme Intelligence. And, she, you know, she looked at young Monica and was like, I'll be back soon. And, well, she wasn't back soon. She yeah. came back like 30 years later. And it's it's a whole dramatic mess there, but it gets resolved in the film. You'll see what happens um, if you go see it. But basically, yeah, like she caused a lot of problems with her whole battle with the Kree and the Supreme Intelligence. And it's ultimately the story is kind of about righting the wrongs that she committed as she thought she was doing the right thing. But yeah, it's like so it's basically just trying to fix all the mistakes that she made. Yeah. Ultimately. <laughs> that is a fantastic summary. And and there's one strong Cree character who's kind of the, yes. the vi- well, not so, kind of, she is the villain in the she story. She is the villain. So her name is Darben. And basically, Hala, her home planet, got wrecked by Captain Marvel's actions when um, she destroyed the Supreme Intelligence. And so she's kind of on a mission 
part of it is good. Darben. Yes, Darben's mission is she's really trying to um, make a better world for her people, the Cree, you know, because so she's trying to find them resources like air and water and um, a new sun because these are all things that disappeared from their planet as a result of civil war and, again, Captain Marvel's actions. So, but the problem is she kind of leans way too far into the revenge scope. And so she specifically targets planets that um, are important to Captain Marvel and at the end, you know, she's given an opportunity where Marvel's like, I will fix this. Just give me a chance. And Darben is so just bent on getting her revenge that she kind of loses focus. And yeah. she, as a result, um, she, uh, yeah. So I'm not going to say what happens, but she basically cannot let it go, yeah. <laughs> which is what kind of makes her, you know, she could almost be like an anti-hero at near the beginning of the film, but by the end, she's a true villain because yeah. she just won't let it go. Yeah, and and she she does bad things. We'll just we'll just say that. Now, speaking of bad things, you know we uh, we like to tell you what you can expect content wise, and and the plot is actually even more intricate than what Emily and I have just sort of spelled out right oh, here. Oh yeah, no, we're just trying to not have to spend an hour on this podcast yes, giving you exactly. the plot of a movie that is already <laughs> two hours long. <laughs> but uh, as Marvel movies go, Emily, what would you say parents need to be aware of for this one? So there's your typical superhero violence with superpowers and all that stuff mixed together. Um I think there's actually maybe a little bit less than some of the previous Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. There weren't quite as many fight sequences. That said, there's still one too many fight sequences. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's less than what Marvel normally does, but it's still more than they needed. <laughs> um, and then the other thing you got to watch out for is language. Um, it's not a ton of language, but yeah. there's like three or four S words, most of them uttered by Nick Fury because he just can't help himself. Right. <laughs> um, and then and you've got the, a, a mixture of some other uh, lesser swear words thrown in there. Um, but again, not a ton of them, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah, I actually felt like as Marvel movies recently have gone, it, it felt like my seat of the pants estimation uh, was... It didn't feel as harsh. As, it wasn't as edgy. It wasn't as edgy they as... They kind of pulled it back, yep. and I think maybe they realized, ooh, we're kind of losing our base audience. Maybe we need to pull everything back a little bit. Yeah. And, and even though there's been an enormous amount of really bad publicity leading up to the release of this film, oh, yeah. I thought emotionally, uh, I liked the relationships between the three female characters here. And maybe that's a good segue into our broader no, conversation. Yeah, I think definitely in this film, the thing that you're going to notice in this film is that very much you have women lifting up other women and... You know, because your three main heroes are all female. Your main villain is is a woman as well. Um, but she doesn't really tie into that at all. Um, but yeah, like you have relationships that are complicated and being mended. And I will say some of like the mending of the relationships is a little too easy. Yeah, like, it was a little corny. It was like... That it is was a superhero too movie, easy. though. Like there should have been a lot more argument before you reach that resolution, you know. But you know they have to move the story along. Um, but but honestly, it was kind of satisfying. Just you know, you've got Miss Marvel. I had not seen the TV series before I watched the movie, but 
Uh, Kamala Khan is just, she's adorable. And she actually acts like a kid, which is refreshing because too many of the characters, like, they're trying too hard to act like their predecessors. And it's like, no, you're a child. Just just be yourself. Just be a child, you know? So I really liked Kamala Khan because she was. She was just a normal 16-year-old girl. Like, she's fangirling over Captain Marvel. It's a, yeah. it's hilarious, you know? And um, so I really liked her. She brought a sort of um, innocence to the sh- film that didn't feel super forced it felt very genuine yeah um, there's so an you, earnestness here yes and she just she honestly just wants to do good she just wants to help people and do the right thing and be a true superhero um and so when these two older, you know, more grizzled superheroes come into contact with her, especially Captain Marvel, it's almost like they remember, like, why am I doing this? Oh, that's why. And yeah. so it just kind of helps them realize, mm-hmm. like, you know, what it's really all about, yeah, why, cool. why they're doing what they're doing. And again, just like kind of realizing, oh, we don't have to, like, be at odds with each other. We are all on the same team. Yep. You know. Well, and I think that's a great segue into my next bigger question for everyone here. Obviously, the subject of women starring in roles as action heroes is a fascinating one on lots of levels because I think it's a trend that reflects and reinforces our changing cultural norms. What would you say are some of the positive and redemptive elements of of that trend, especially as we compare it maybe to some of the more objectifying portrayals from yesteryear? I really like seeing things like this because, I mean, again, it's, it depends on how it's depicted. Sure. But um, it's not like women have never had this role in history. Right. And so we go through, you know, there have been periods where they're, they're only the damsel in distress. Right. Um, I mean, we can go all the way back to the book of Judges and, yeah, you know, yeah. Deborah is not to be messed with. Exactly. Indeed. <laughs> um, so just getting to see, like I, I had mentioned Katniss Everdeen before, but I just seeing her on screen, she's not the only one, but getting to witness like she's tough. She needs help, but she's tough and she can do this and she's self-sufficient and like, but also realizing like she, she knew that she needed help from others. Like, and so this is probably the fine line that we can talk about because there are characters, right, that don't need anybody. Right. And don't need families and don't need romance and don't need love. Or so they think. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, let's push a pause on those observations because I want to circle back to that. I I can't help but think, and maybe it's just because I've been watching these with my grandson lately, but I can't help but think of The Incredibles. Um, Elastigirl is such an amazing character. Yes. And if you haven't seen him in a while, it's like I've been re-watching him now with my grandson. He just loves it so much. He's always like, he's all, Beepak, can we watch No Capes? You guys want to watch that? So like, okay, so um, awesome. so we go and we watch No Capes. That's what we call it in our house. But even Incredibles two, Elastigirl yes. takes that kind of lead role. But at the same time, they show the family and them depending on each other, them starting to give the kids responsibility. I love in the first one how the dad is like, "I can't lose you again." You know, I mean, there's this. You see this realistic marriage, and I think the thing I like about it is you see realistic people kind of put in these, you know, these incredible circumstances. And sure enough, they got superpowers and stuff. But I thought she was a very real character and an amazing leader. So honestly, Mm -hmm. hats off to Elastigirl. That's a good example. Well, and I think that we get positive role models in terms of really showing what these brave, gifted 
strong women are are capable of doing. And, yeah. and we saw that at the end of um, Avengers Endgame, where all the female characters come together okay. in one scene. And some people don't like it, and Emily is already already yeah. ready to comment on so, that. So, like, the first time I saw that, <laughs> I actually loved it. I was like, yes! But looking back on it, and the reason I was like, yes, is because... I had never seen anything like that before. That was the first time anybody had ever done anything like that. But then looking back on it, I was like, oh, they were just throwing us a bone. It didn't, and it feels, as I go back and rewatch it, it doesn't feel genuine anymore. It feels very forced and very cringy. And then they don't even succeed. So I was like, hmm, Mm. okay, you know what? It's pandering. It was, and I didn't like that. And so this movie satisfied me because it felt less like pandering and more like no we're actually gonna give you a real story here we're not just gonna (laughs) you know toss in our the female characters because we forgot about them for the past you know especially in avengers endgame like at that point we had not had a female driven superhero movie from marvel you know they had all been driven it was you know Thor 1 through 3 and Iron Man 1 through 3 and Captain America 1 through 3 like they were all the guys which was fine but you know they could have also done you know Black Widow's origin story or sooner they didn't you know it wasn't until after Endgame that her origin story came out and so yeah like I said that was the first time I had seen that something like that done but looking back it felt really forced well Hmm. and I think one of the other things that has happened even since Black Widow arrived in the MCU there has been sort of an awakening about how women are often objectified in these superhero roles too like in in the the Black Widow movie um, you know her sister makes fun of her for all of her the moves she makes and oh, yeah. throwing her hair around. And it's that's it's, part of the reason why I like her sister better than her. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's this sort of meta commentary on, you know, the women are not just here to be eye candy and to be sexually objectified, but play a huge role. Now, oh, go ahead. Well, that was even something, though, that uh, Scarlett Johansson, who plays Black Widow, that was something that she had to fight against because right. when she would do interviews, people were. Like these those. reporters would sit there and ask this deep, meaningful question to, you know, um, Robert Downey Jr. And then they'd look at What's Scarlett Johansson. They'd be like, what diet did you have to do to get into that outfit? What kind of <laughs> underwear were you wearing? You know, and she's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's totally inappropriate. That is not a professional question to ask, you know, yeah. but that's all they could think of to ask her. And maybe it's because they didn't really give her character enough of a storyline in the Avengers movies, but also because she was was sort of thrown in there to be eye candy. I mean, even Tony Stark, he's just like, the first time he sees Black Widow, he's like, humana, humana, humana. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's flip the question a little bit. And, and here's what I want to ask. Are there any ways that today's depiction of female characters are negative or problematic? And while you're thinking about that, I, I came across a YouTube video recently that said, Today's female action heroes are, I think they said, aromantic and asexual. It's like in the process of turning them into these amazing heroes, they've ironed out femininity and and that aspect of their character. What do you guys think of that? Well, I kind of want to answer your other question. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, because I, I. Well, you can answer both of them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ignore that one. No, um, I think the problems that I see, right? Because there's a lot of positive, but is sometimes you have these female characters and and I think culturally too but like if there's a if there's a softness it's not there's no strength in that 
Yeah. You know, like if they're moms, if they have kids, it's like somehow that's automatically registered as like weak if they're married. Right. Um, You know what I mean? And so I think that's really wild because as someone who is married and does have children, but as a little girl, like always wanted to be like Pocahontas or somebody like fierce who was like <laughs> running through the woods or whatever, you know, and collecting berries and, you know, I'll bet, <laughs> all I'll that bet stuff. you were foraging. Yeah, back to foraging, guys. I always wanted to forage. <laughs> but like hopping in the canoe, I don't know, just doing all that cool stuff. Cause I grew up with predominantly with brothers. Yeah. And so I think this really, like, and it you comes have a whole bunch of them, right? A whole bunch of them. I have sisters too, but a whole bunch of brothers and grew up on a street with all boys. Um, and so I, I wanted to fit in, right? And so I right. think a lot of this, so especially with producers, like how were you raised and who were you around? Because I think that matters. And so I think you have these characters where it would be better to see more of a balance. Like you can be both, which is why Elastigirl, to Jonathan's point, is so relatable. Oh, yeah. Because she is all those things and she's fierce and she can make decisions for herself, but she doesn't only make decisions for herself. Like she's still part of a family unit. She's still married. She still cares about her husband and her kids. And she doesn't tear down her husband to do it. Yes. I think that's one of the problems that I see is yes. that if you do have this strong female character, it's like the only way she can be strong is by tearing down the men around her. And I just, that's so lame. Yeah. Like it's just, and it's unrealistic. Like yes. I'm not going to be empowered by tearing down my husband. That will never like, cause now all I've done is just, I've been a jerk to right. make myself feel better. Now I'm a bully, you know? But that is like a very new cultural wave, you know? Like there has to be a dominance in women and then men are under you. Right. You know what it's I miss? It's a zero-sum game. And Somebody you, yeah. has to win. And that's kind of why how you see it, like even through like other films where like men are depicted as stupid Ugh. or incapable. Um, and I don't know any woman that wants to marry a man like that. So yeah. It's right. just wild to me. I know. And, you know, I just, whatever happened to the good old mama bear? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, really and truly, like one of the reasons, I think the reason Elastigirl works so well is because she is a true mama bear. Like, she is like, you do not mess with my babies. Mm -hmm. Like, I will end you, (laughs) you know? So it's like, you can be soft and feminine and vulnerable and still be strong and fierce and just like totally whip bad guys around. I think this is important to remember too, like, it really depends on like the phase of life you're in. So I, I try to like remember when I was single or like newly dating my husband and I was in a place where like on the East coast and it's very different from like the South where my husband comes from. Oh, yeah. And so like, I feel like women are <laughs> like, I remember the first time he opened the car door for me. I'm like, I can do it myself. Um, <laughs> and then, fun to raise, fun to date. It was all fun for Christmas. I know. But then I like, I, but I'm saying like, these are cultural things, right? And so you have this like new atmosphere where it's considered weak for you to be vulnerable. And I think it's because a lot of women have maybe been taken advantage of in those positions. Um, and so you kind of have these like new characters, but that, like you're saying, that's really unfair. Well, I think one of the things that we've talked about here is just the theme of independence. And independence is an interesting thing because it can cut both ways, right? And actually, even with Captain Marvel's character, Brie Larson has come in for enormous criticism for being kind of almost without emotion and hardened and not very likable. And the interesting thing is, I think they responded to that with the Marvel, she is was a much, definitely softer, much softer, and and maybe that was in part response to that criticism. But especially for those of us who are raising daughters, as mm-hmm. they are watching 
these sorts of stories and depictions, how do we help them learn to differentiate between what is healthy empowerment and using your gifts and what is potentially unhealthy independence? And I don't think there's a right answer here, but I'm curious what you guys think about that question. I don't even know if I should answer this yet because I, I mean, only have a three-year-old. I'm um, just, well, you can answer it. Would, I'm would, asking would, it be, would it be bad for a man to answer that question? <laughs> no, but. I think it's a great idea <laughs> yeah. for a guy to no, answer I, this. I, I think when we look to scripture, yeah. I think we see some great examples. And one, one great example would be there was so much expectation put on Jesus on what he was supposed to do as the coming Messiah. Every mm. time he talked about the possibility of being a Messiah, they were like, oh, great. Are you going to be like Simon Maccabee? And you're going to come in on a war horse and you're going to help us win. And that was the expectation put on Jesus. But instead, he came as this gentle, humble, meek, and it was unexpected. And honestly, they didn't even like it, but hmm. it's what he did. And I think the amazing thing is that we can look to Jesus as an example of what true strength is, because what the world might call weakness today um, might actually be strength. And I think, too, like this could be a much longer podcast, but... They always can be, I know. Kristen. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up, like I said, with a lot of brothers. And so even going into college, like I there was a, a very evident contrast in who was most feminine. Mm. Um, and I was not like, I, I played a lot of sports. Um, and so I, you were sportsy. I was, I saw like the popular girls that did cheerleading and they were just like a little more delicate, a little less, um, what's the word in your face. Yeah. A little less <laughs> in your face. And I felt like that just wasn't me. And so it like, there's a wrestling, I feel like in women, because we see there's so much portrayal and I'm sure men feel this too, but like what you should be, how you should be. Um, and so I like that there are characters that have both like the softness, but they're also independent. Mm-hmm. And even if they, even if they're not, even if they're not that superhero and they are more soft, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, instead of, like Emily was saying, tearing down the one to exalt the other, like finding the balance is important. I think that the thing we, I, first of all, I love what Jonathan said about gentleness, like, yeah. because that is something that is just seen as weak in our society, which is just, it's so sad. And, you know, it's one of the fruits of the spirit, you know, yeah, weakness, girl. gentleness, like, uh, yep. like my pastor this past Sunday was talking all about it. So, I mean... Yeah, I think that we have to remember that there's no weakness in meekness. Mm. I love that I was able to make that rhyme. <laughs> that no, was so um, good. <laughs> it's absolutely true that Jesus was gentle and Jesus was also like stronger than any of us will ever be. You know, he took on the sins of every human being who has ever existed, you know, and I know for a fact none of us could ever do that. You know? <laughs> right. So, I think that it's just important, I think, when you're teaching your daughters, like, hey, you don't have to be the biggest, the baddest, the toughest, the anythingest. You just need to do your best to follow Jesus. You need to do your best to show the fruits of the Spirit. And you know what? You really don't need to worry about what the world is saying about you because guess what? Because like, this is just going into some of the other podcasts we've done. The world is always going to tell you that you're not enough. Mm. 
So don't listen to what the world is saying. Just do what you need to do to be as much like Jesus as you can be. Yeah, I really like this. And not even in like the Sunday school answer kind of way because, <laughs> but like I, I really look at like my three-year-old, on, this is just a quick story. I feel like we need to probably wrap it up, but I've been doing this thing. It's called the gentleness challenge. And I write, I don't know if this is mm. part of it, but I write gentle on my wrist because I am not naturally gentle. And I do see that there are women that I feel like are better at this, that they're mm. more patient, they're more gentle. It is not something I was born with. <laughs> so it's going to have to be the Holy Spirit being made strong in my weakness. Um, but my daughter, like when I pop off and yell when I shouldn't, like the other day, she was like, Mommy, can you write be nice on your wrist again? <laughs> my three-year-old. And I just, Aww. it was a moment to pause but this, it just, it's such a good, I feel like, reminder because culture will always have something to say about how we should be, and it's always going to change. Yeah. But this is our point, right, that the Word of God doesn't change and that the standards don't change because of our example in the Lord. You know, I think I am hard-pressed to add anything of substance <laughs> to that landing on our conversation. Yeah. So, uh, as always, there is more to say. And speaking of saying more, if you want to weigh in on our conversation, we would love for you to do that. And you can shoot us an email at team at com, or you can go to thepluggedinshow.com and you will find the little black ribbon on the side where you can actually leave us a voicemail and maybe we will use your audio clip on a future episode. So thanks everybody. Well, in our second segment today, I'm talking with Bob Hoos, who saw the latest Trolls movie, mm-hmm. Trolls Band Together. Right. And to me, it's telling that there is another Trolls movie, you know, that the this thing's successful enough that people want more. So what kind yeah. of more are we getting this time well, around? Well, and that's the thing. They've, they've decided to sort of pick up the pace a little bit more. Okay. And they're picking up the musical side of things. Okay. Um, Hence the band part. Right, right, right. So it's well, like a double I, I mean, entendre. You know, music. the musical element has been there, but sure. it's it's really there this time. And and to good effect, I yeah. think, in a number of cases. Um, it, essentially, the story is, well, Poppy and Branch are the two central trolls in the storyline, for those who have followed it in the past, uh, played by Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake. Okay. And... Uh, and they, well, basically, they're sort of looking at Branch's backstory this go-round. Okay. It, it just so happens that, you know, which is very fitting for Justin Timberlake, he, uh, Branch <laughs> was part of a boy band. Okay. He was uh, Baby B, Baby Branch in the, in the boy <laughs> band. And they were all brothers. That's a lot of Bs. Baby yeah. B in the boy band. And, and they were all brothers, and they sort of broke up years ago. My exquisitely chiseled rock hard abs and I quit. Branch, we're out of sync. We've gone from boys to men and now there's only one direction for us to go, the back streets. Now something has, has happened. One of the brothers has been troll napped. And so um, Branch has got to go out and find all the other brothers and rescue Floyd, who's a central brother that's been kidnapped. Troll napped. Um, Troll napped. Right. Yes. So that's a general idea. As they're going on this road adventure, as so many films like this do, they, they go out on this road adventure, all these crazy weird things happen to them, and uh, and they are rife for musical numbers. So you've got all And these, hijinks and pratfalls, yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, you've got all these mashups of old boy band songs and things okay. like that. So that's what's going on. So if I'm a parent and my child has locked on to going to Trolls yeah. Band Together... What do I need to know as a parent? Well, you know, it's bouncy. It's fun. 
I think there's, it's very colorful. It's the kind of stuff that will keep kids engaged. Do they sneak any double entendres in or anything well, like the, that? See, now that's the, the rub here, so yeah. to speak. The thing that I was actually quite surprised by was that all of, most of the jokes are aimed at adults. Yeah. Not at kids. Okay. Which, and, and it's not really nasty stuff, but it's, okay. but it, it's there and it, most of it will go right over a kid's head. But the but, adults will be chuckling but to the themselves. Jo- yeah. In fact, in the audience that I was in, I heard adult chuckles. I didn't hear a single kid chuckle. Ooh, in the no whole film. Kid, zero kid no. chuckles. Now, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, so there's a lot of th- lot of things that'll keep their eyeballs glued to the screen. But it's not as fun okay. as I was thinking it would be from a kid's perspective. Okay. And, and some of those jokes for the adults are kind of really adult too. And I'll give you I'll give you a tame yeah give example. me a, give me an example. One of the brothers, one of the brothers from the uh, from the Bro Zone, which was the original boy band group. <laughs> Bro Zone. Um, one of the brothers has gone off and gotten married, and he's and trolls, as you know, are really tiny. They're small, um, and he's married this really tall, you know, this tall woman character that is like my size, and the two and of you're them, bigger than a troll. Yeah, I'm a bit bigger, <laughs> um, and the two of them have this full family of kids. And they make this ongoing sort of running quippy joke about how they make it work. And so, you know, kids aren't going to grab that, but all the adults are going to be thinking, oh, and things are going to be running through their heads. So it's that sort of thing that, in a way, kind of bugged me at times. So is it in sort of broadly speaking like Shrek territory? Because the Shrek movies had a lot of those sort of winks and nudges. I don't think it's, it doesn't have quite as much potty humor toilet humor okay i mean there's a little bit there's a little bit of potty humor in here uh but probably not, very not as small much potties a, with the yeah, trolls that's though. right not as much as a shrek okay so anything else that parents need to be aware of are there are there good takeaway messages or things you could talk about if you were of a mind to do that afterward to be honest there's not a lot of strong themes here okay. there, there are it's things, just entertainment there are some positive things though i mean it, you know there's two characters uh, get married, so in oh, a way, it's well, it's nice. supporting and promoting marriage, and and of course the whole family vibe. It's it's saying, uh, in fact, the Anna Kendrick character, uh, Poppy says that Branch has a second chance with his brothers, mm. and you know that's a good thing because you don't lose brothers. Brothers are forever. Mm. That sort of thing. Well, that's nice. So I mean, it's, it, you know, nice little little statements like that, and then I guess the biggest theme is. Hey, if you're going to be famous, you got to work for it. Okay. I know that's not necessarily a great one to take home, but yeah. if you're going to be famous, you, you you need to work. Okay. So I know we've seen a lot of LGBT-themed stuff in yeah. kids' movies these days. Is there anything like that that shows up here no, that, there that isn't. you were able to spot? No, there isn't. Okay. Uh, there's, as I said, there's some of those light sexual quips and innuendo, but nothing nothing along those lines. No. Okay. Well, Bob, thanks for telling us about Trolls Band Together. And of course, you can find the full review for that movie at PluggedIn.com. Thanks, Bob. You bet. Well, now it's time for one of my personal favorite parts of the show. It's called Pop Culture Connection, in which we're joined by our producer, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. <laughs> and Ashley, well, she brings us questions and we have 30 seconds to answer them and it's not about quality nope it's about quantity it's about bullet points (laughs) it's about 
people who can think fast on their feet, which uh, Jonathan usually he's is. He's going to win. He's a human he cheetah. It. You guys, instant yeah. anxiety. Right? Aww. Ashley's so funny. She's the only <laughs> co- the comic relief right. here. Over to you, Ashley. All right. I love saying that. Yes. I'm going to have Emily go first. <laughs> okay. All right. Ooh, nice. Sorry, Emily. Emily, would you rather read the book or see the movie and why? Ooh. Usually I'm going to want to read the book just because I love words. I love reading. I like to hear the author's original intent and their original voice. I... Um, there's usually a lot more detail given in the book versus the movies um, because then I can cast whoever I want in my head to play those characters Um, and also it's easier for me to insert myself into the story which makes it more fun imagination wise nice nice I got eight all right girl yeah yeah Way to Not go, bad, <laughs> considering how tired I am. Yay. That's that was a, really good. That was a great question, too. I won't get eight. Almost guaranteed. <laughs> we'll see. No, it was a good, Jonathan good answer. Jonathan probably will, though. All right. Kristen. Mm, okay. Do you prefer happily ever after stories or tragic endings and why? You guys, tragic endings, and I'm not really sure. I know. Okay, so I've been reading a lot of books, so I'm going to use books. So I just read, okay, no, this is going to be, it's, it's not the point. Okay, I don't know. I like the sadness for some reason. I feel like <laughs> sadness makes good stories. I like that people are like heartbroken, but then I'm like, I'm hoping there's a little bit of happy, right? Like it can't sure. be all tragic. Um, usually there's more complexity, like complexity and depth. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's just like more of an interwoven story because people have to work through all of these issues. Mm-hmm. Um that's, t- that's a terrible. Nice. Guys, I've been, I've been reading World War II novels. Uh, it's terrible. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, they're really yeah, sad. That'll definitely make you cry. I know. I cry every day. Without your heart and stomp on, it on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nice. Well, very good. I got five points for you. Wow. Yay. All right. It's Jonathan next. Jonathan is next. Oh, good Here luck, we go. Adam. Thank you. Jonathan. Here we go. What do you think is the best fictional setting of all time and why? Um, I definitely think the best fictional setting of all time is, man, that is just a tough one. Forget beating Emily's eight on this one. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, obviously my mind immediately went to the land where hobbits live because, I mean, you could sit there and talk about all that. Yes. But I don't know. I mean, my favorite books are all not there are more in real settings, you know, like, uh, 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 the, you know, the country, mm. a farmhouse or whatever. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fail miserably on this one because I wow. just, it's, it's not in my, it's not in my yeah. suit. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah. it took all of my self-control not to offer you a suggestion. No, I think your suggestion going to be. Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love, I mean, all my, I literally went through like five, I, my five like favorite books. I mean, it was like real setting, real setting, real setting, real setting, real setting. I'm like, how can I do fictional settings? Everyone I have is like uh, just gone with a, a house in a earth farm country. I yeah, I could, I could have Middle Earth or, Lord, you know. I have to hand or, it to you I, yeah. for, Sorry, I got stumped. for talking for 30 seconds. And About nothing. Yeah, about nothing. <laughs> I was, I'm saying nothing. Just as entertaining. I mean, I mean if this was golf, I just won. That's right. <laughs> Least right. amount of points. Okay, so now it's Adam so, versus Emily. Yeah, no. Yeah, Adam. I'm ready. On deck. No, I'm ready. All right. All right. Adam, what do you consider to be the best action flick ever and why? Oh, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark because <laughs> oh, you've got Harrison so Ford, you've got the giant rolling ball, you've got snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Uh, you've got Marion Ravenwood, whom I mentioned earlier. You've got Sala. You have, um, well, God. 
God shows up, mm. you know, when the ark is open. Sure. Uh, you have submarines, you have Germans, you have Nazis, you have fire. Uh, what's not to love? There's a desert, there's pyramids. It's an amazing movie. <laughs> it's got set pieces. It's got action scenes that you never forget. Um, okay, you know what? I'm Jonathan sorry. has taught him. I need to. Taught him well. I don't think this is fair. I feel like there does need to be a quality <laughs> <awesome>. aspect because <laughs> there's a desert. No, it's not it is quantity. An answer. I, I like set pieces. There's set pieces. There's Those set are good. Pieces. Set Emily pieces. wins for quality. You've got Sala. You've got Miriam. You literally you've got, just started uh, listing characters. <laughs> good job, Adam. Good job. There's a big I snake up right here. Now. Oh, that's just my snake, Reggie. <laughs> Reggie, how many did I get? I stopped counting at 16. Oh, personal so, yeah. best. 14. Yeah. Maybe best best. That was awesome. Maybe. That felt like a gold, was great. A gold medal kind of answer. And <laughs> oh, really? While I'm, while I'm busy patting myself on the back, which I don't get to do in this game very often, uh, it also perhaps sadly brings us to the close of another episode of The Plugged In Show. We love talking with you and we love hearing from you. And we would love to hear what you thought about our conversations today. Obviously, we had, I think, a terrific conversation about the role of women and female heroes in movies. Um, Bob Hoos told us all about the latest Trolls movies in the and now for something completely different category. Uh, what do you think? You can let us know by going to thepluggedinshow.com and you can leave us a voicemail there or shoot us a message at team at thepluggedinshow.com and we would love to hear from you and include your content on a future show. We also have another brand new way for you to connect with Plugged In in general each week that I'm excited to tell you about. If you've ever thought to yourself, I wonder what's new in theaters this week that might be a good fit for my family. Well, listen up. If you text the word movie, that's movie, to 32728, each Friday you'll get a text from us telling you what our main movie review is at Plugged In that week. It's easy and convenient. We'll help you make plans for your weekend and more importantly, make good plans for your weekend because we all hate going to see a lousy movie and thinking, oh, I should have gone to Plugged In, right? You know, like those old mm-hmm. commercials, I should have had a V8. That's right. I should have I gone to Plugged In. So again, text MOVIE to 32728 to sign up for our movie alerts each week and you'll find a link to all of that information in the episode notes for today's show well thanks again for spending some time with us this week on the plugged in show we know you have lots of ways you can spend your time we love that you've chosen to spend some of that with us we love talking with you about entertainment pop culture and how those things impact your family and we look forward to joining you again next week on another episode of the plugged in show Your kids are unique, and so are you. You have your strengths as a parent and areas of growth, too. Find out what they are by taking the seven traits of effective parenting assessment from Focus on the Family. Find out how you're doing on traits like gratitude, grace, and other research-backed traits. When you're done, we'll give you a detailed PDF with several pages of content on how to use your unique strengths and how to work on your areas of growth. This simple framework shows you how to be an effective mom or dad in daily family life, a parent who recognizes your imperfections and finds ways to thrive. You'll also get access to other resources from Focus on the Family to help you keep growing into the best parent for your kids. It only takes a few minutes to boost your parenting. 
Take the seven traits of effective parenting assessment at parentingtraits.com. That's parentingtraits.com.